Hello, internet friends near and far. Welcome to another episode of Parks and Conversation. And this is a podcast where we watch an episode of the NBC sitcom Parks and Recreation, and then we converse about it. And the we involved in this includes myself. I'm Jason, and I'm joined all the way across town by the power of the internet by my friend Jeremy. Say hello, Jeremy. Hey, how is it going? Oh, man, it's going so well. Uh, today, in the Pacific Northwest, we haven't done a weather report in a while. Uh, in the Pacific know, Northwest, it's been, know what's happening here. It's been pretty hot. Uh, and, uh, and hot for us is like broaching 80 degrees. Uh, it's been pretty mm-hmm. hot. And, uh, but this morning was cool overcast. Uh, and uh, it, it, was, it was one of those days where it's like, I should just get out and go for a run. And so I did. And I loved it. It was a great day. So how, how are things over in, in, in your, your neck of the woods, Jeremy? Oh yeah. The weather's the same. Uh, I was not inspired, uh, as, as much as you were. And I ate two bowls of, uh, honey bunches of oats. Excellent. Instead of running. So yeah, we we all face the day in our different angles. I (laughs) exercised my right to eat more cereal. (laughs) So that's how. You know, honey bunches of oats isn't going to eat itself. Exactly. They say to get about a half an hour of exercise. That's about, you know, I took my time. Didn't quite hit that, but you know, that's, you know, that's why you have goals. Yeah. And you were doing your, uh, your light curls today. Just that's right. Soup, cereal spoon to mouth. Exactly. Spoonful at a time. Whatever that powder, because like your bicep (laughs) is on the inside and then the tricep is on the outside. And so it's kind of like a combination of like the top bicep and the top tricep to get the spoon up to your mouth. I'm listener. If, since this is an audio medium, I am actually like miming are to you myself how to eat to? cereal. <laughs> Let's figure out like what muscles are being engaged what right muscles? here. Yeah. yeah. I never really thought of it that way. Yeah. I, well, I'm a paragon of fitness. And so I'm always thinking about what muscles are being engaged, <laughs> especially while eating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how I justify it. Last night I had a hamburger that was way too big. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I felt so motivated to run this morning. Uh, Maybe but, you're uh, getting smaller because of your exercise. And so the hamburger seems larger. <laughs> this, this scale is telling me that's it's, not true. It's the Tom Haverford effect. It's just if you get a, right? Yeah, perfect. Anyway, anyway. Well, I'm glad you had your cereal. I'm uh, glad the Wait, weather's good. Where, where, did you, where did you get your hamburger from? Uh, I went to a place called McMinimins. Oh yeah, in Bothell, and went to the tavern. It's a fun place. Restaurant. It's overwhelming to me. There's too many options. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. I, where we parked, I walked by a movie theater, and I was like, "What? How's? Huh? I thought we were going to a restaurant." Um, Yo, well, there was, to, not to blow your mind. There's a whole hotel there too. I know. There's a hotel. There's a swimming pool. There's a theater. There's four restaurants. Yeah, one of them's tiki, tiki themed. Yeah, Polynesian uh, themed, I should say. It is. It's so much. So it's it's not for me. I want well, to go to a restaurant with like four things on the menu, and, <laughs> and one of them should be spicy chicken teriyaki. <laughs> so, like, they didn't even have honey mustard. This restaurant is so huge, and I'm like, do you have honey mustard? And they said no. And I, and then they offered the list of condiments for fry dipping. And I was just disappointed. So, anyway, the burger was I'm good. So- but anyway, as I was, I was eating it. I had to like unhinge my jaw like a snake, 
And so I started thinking through like, well, what muscles are being engaged right now? And uh, <laughs> okay. All right. All right. That's how I got there. <laughs> did you um, have any tea with your, with your meal? Tea? No, I did not. Oh, but, it's, it's probably because they spelled it correctly. Yes. And uh, thank you, Jeremy, for bringing tea up because today on this episode that we're reviewing season five, episode 19, we are talking about uh, the Ted party or tea party. Is that the title of this episode? I can't even remember. Um, but uh, it is a, a fun episode where we are looking at w- what did the founders mean and how to uh, bring friends together, even though they may not be friends, the closest to friend, they have a mutual friend bringing people together, but then also how to challenge leadership assumptions. Uh, and so we have those three stories that we're going to follow today. And, uh, and before we hit record, Jeremy, I was sharing, I, I find this episode, which I've seen many times, I find this episode to be a, a really well-crafted narrative where all three of the, the plot lines have a similar theme. And I don't know how often they do this, but each, each plot line deals with like challenge and compromise and coming together is brilliant i thought this was a brilliant episode jeremy what did you think about this episode i i like this episode because someone got thrown in the water that's it all right (laughs) did you watch the whole thing yeah or did you just okay (laughs) like we threw ted in and that's enough for me that was good i was like oh perfect everything i need in a show no, this yeah. no, I, I I really like this episode uh, on IMDb. I always like to see what the ratings are on IMDb and see if like, well, why is it low or high? And uh, based on what this is really low, seven point nine is all I'm saying. And I, I think this was up in the mid mid eights, in my opinion, because like you said, this is a really well uh, written episode. All all three storylines, um, but just it's really funny i think this is a really really funny episode and we get a little bit of most everybody again and uh while it doesn't totally move the whole plot along of you know all the the larger arcs it's just that breather episode and some fun things happen but yeah i I hadn't really noticed the whole challenge uh angle until you mentioned it so as we go along like extrapolate on that tell us more i will i will so let's go along now Okay. We got, as I said, we have the three plot lines. We have a, a Leslie and Pat Oswalt or Garth plot line. Garth Blunden is his name. Uh, <laughs> and then we also have Ron and Chris and April dealing with management training. And then uh, Anne and Ben and their plot line. This is how I would recommend we move forward. Let's talk about Ron and Chris and April. And then let's talk about Leslie and Garth. Then let's talk about uh, Ben and Anne. How's that sound? That sounds great. Excellent. Let's I'm do re- it. I'm, re- I'm willing to um, to compromise with you on that and overcome the challenge of figuring out how to do this. Well, how would you prefer to do it? Well, mostly the challenge is I don't I don't care. We just because it's good in, in any in any order. It's going to be great. <laughs> All right. So the challenge is uh, finding motivation within yourself, and yes. as we will learn, there are different ways to to motivate people. Um, and which is right, which is wrong. There's no way to know for sure. This episode does a good job of helping us understand that. Um, and so let's, we start with this plot line with April coming to Ron asking for help because Chris is making her do a leadership training course because now she is a part of the, 
management of the city as the uh, associate director of animal control. And so Chris has to train these folks in his, uh, what he calls the Chris Traeger management training seminar or catumpts. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so this is something that he has to do. And so April is asking Ron to help her get out of it. And I love Ron's, uh, Ron's whole philosophy in this episode. And he says, if it's given a choice between doing something and nothing, I choose doing nothing, but I will do something. If it helps someone else do nothing, I'd work all night if it meant nothing got done. <laughs> so I know plenty of people like that. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, Chris, uh, Ron and, and April go to see Chris and, uh, Ron says this point, this whole thing is pointless. Um, and she's not going to do anything with your course. And, um, and Chris is saying, well, I want her to be a great head as yourself. And Ron's like, well, then it is pointless because I've never done this. To which Chris points out, well, I have to put you then through this training because everybody has to go through this management training. And and Ron, you can see his face like like as he's recognizing he's fallen into a trap of tra- of, of a seminar. And uh, yeah, he is, uh, Chris is excited because he's like, April, do you know who you're you're gonna have a classmate tomorrow? Spoiler alert. And he, April's it's Alf. like, it's Alf. <laughs> it's Alf. And uh and then Ron says, or Chris says, No, it's it's Ron. And Ron's whole new response is this went poorly. <laughs> As he's staring, <laughs> staring down in defeat. This went poorly. He, he'd never been catumpsed before. Never. Now, listener, I don't know if y'all remember Alf. It was a NBC sitcom where a family uh, somehow uh, encountered this creature that was played he by cra- a puppet. He crashed on their property, I thought. He crashed on their property and he tried to eat their cat because Alf loves yeah. cats. And mm-hmm. uh, Alf stands for alien life form. And, uh, and so he uh, was kind of like a... Uh, Kind of like the dude from the Big Lebowski, but a puppet. Just a chill dude. The way the dude wants a white Russian is the way Alf wants a cat. Um, it was a pretty dumb show. <laughs> what? I mean, I mean, I I can't even remember. Did it end? Does it continue? Oh, it's still Did it going. Just stop. It's just out there. It's just it's on another plane of existence. Oh, okay. It's in it's it's in a Alf. multiverse. Alf can never die. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about this reference to Alf is this week I got home. We uh, listener Jeremy and our our families we we go on vacation uh, every year at the ocean, and uh, we came back uh, this last week, and I at was the, told at the same time. Yes. Yes, uh, I was told that there is a new shorts, uh, short series on a series of shorts. That's how I should say it on Disney Plus starring Groot. And I watched them and they were fine. But in that episode, <laughs> I was reminded that Alf was more than just a television show, a sitcom on Mondays on, on NBC. It was also a series of comic books published by Marvel, as well as a Saturday morning cartoon. 
Do you remember any of this, Jeremy? Uh, not the comics. I do. I vaguely remember the cartoon, though. But I, I feel like that we're leading into something much larger. That Alphas could potentially be part of the MCU. Yes, I'm for that's it. That's what I'm. That's what I'm leaning towards. Yeah. Which, in the scope of this episode of Parks and Conversation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Parks and Recreation, what is in the Marvel universe becomes so much bigger <laughs> than we can even imagine. <laughs> To where I am now wondering, am am I a part of the Marvel Universe? I think at this point with Disney's like reach, global, universal, mm-hmm. like all space and time reach, yeah. I think we're all part of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Awesome. Yep. We're we're there's probably a comic book of us doing this podcast right now somewhere. Oh my gosh, that would be so boring. <laughs> I read Just a comic act- book about <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> I was joking. See, it's already been done. It's already been done. Come on, man. It was. Oh. It has already been done. Uh, but uh, Roman Mars was in it, of course, because it, it was part of my my uh, research for my doctoral project. Was like, hey, what can podcasting do? Anyway, um, the uh, so I found this book about like the development of podcasts, and it was told as a comic book, and it was actually like it was really good. Like it was. It was like a nonfiction book, but instead of reading the words, you saw you had a little picture of the person telling you the words. That was it. Right. Um, it was really good. Very informative. I liked it a lot. Can't remember the name off the top of my head. But um, it was, uh, yeah, at, <laughs> when I started reading it, I was wondering if I was just going to have, like, I picture myself doing a podcast and it's me just staring at a computer talking to this microphone. Um, and was that what this whole book was going to be? It was just a guy staring at a computer. It was not. It was much better. Um but yeah, if there's a if there's a Marvel p- comic book about this podcast, I I mean that's that would be amazing because we are now all part of the Marvel universe because uh, I think it's uh, Boba Fett has the reality gem. Anyway, <laughs> we'll get to that. Right, <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, so so yeah, so now Ron and Chris they have to. Uh, Anyway, I would. I want to say one more thing about Alf. I just don't. I want to leave this. I want to make sure this doesn't. You guys know that I know the cartoon went into the backstory of Alf, like his own oh, nice. planet, and there were other Alfs and stuff. And so you learn a little bit more about like why does he love cats? Why does he want to eat cats? Anyway, um, I just didn't want to leave that dangling thread out there for the listeners. Like you're yeah, not even now- talking about his alien planet. <laughs> But now, now we we don't know why he wants to eat cat. Like, do you just want to like leave us hanging, or you want to tell well, us, or you remember. just want? To... I I was like eight years old when this cartoon came out. I just remember it exists. Um, so anyway, was it was it before uh, or after a little wonder? Ooh, uh, like pub, when it was. Yeah, like like on broadcast? because it was. Yeah, wasn't there a time like wasn't like Alf and like Little Wonder? I don't even know if they're on the same network. I, think I just those remember were those different networks. Yeah, I just remember that being so a really it is small wonder. Small wonder, small wonder. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, small on. oneater. Oh my okay. gosh, that show is so stupid. Back on track. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know what? I uh... she had a panel in the back of her. She was obviously a robot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she wore the same clothes every day. Uh, yeah, oh, people are just so dumb in the 80s. Um, <laughs> one of the things that 
like sits in my brain rent free and like it's fine like i'm happy it's here it's kind of like the birds that fly in my backyard i'm like i'm glad you're here uh the end of tv shows you know like a lot of shows like um in the sure universe uh uh dan gore is also a part of it and he has right. his production company on the end is like not a doctor not a doctor like that's that little stinger there at the end of episodes um I, uh, the one that sits in my brain all the time is sit Ubu sit. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. <laughs> sit Ubu sit. Yeah. It was like every, <laughs> every sitcom in the eighties was made by that production company. Yes. Yes. And I, all I want in life is to meet Ubu. <laughs> oh, I mean, I Ubu's have some disappointing now. news for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, if anybody can resurrect Ubu, let me know. I'd love to meet Ubu. Because Ubu has been a part of my life forever. So sit, Ubu, sit. Uh, anyway, the back to... Hey, if you're still listening. Um... Actual episode <laughs> of television we're talking about. Um, they get to the training and Chris asks Ron and April to write down what they hope to gain from the envelope. And they're all going to do that. And they'll reveal it when it's over. Um, and Ron asks, when is this over? I love Chris's responses. As soon as you learn to embrace the power of positive motivation and Ron <laughs> moans like, mm. <laughs> and he's like, it's a, but it's a nine hour seminar over two days and Ron and April are not happy about that. And so, uh, Chris is like, all right, then let's hop on board the management train. And he has a conductor's hat that has contempt on the top of it. <laughs> and then a, a train whistle. Um, and he's like, first stop motivation station. <laughs> And I, I almost die. Like my soul almost leaves my body every time this happens because I've been in these kinds of trainings. They are awful. They're so bad. Um, and he pulls out a train whistle from his jacket pocket. Yes. He was, he's ready. He's got props. Everybody's going to really go with this metaphor of the train. But the problem is Chris doesn't really know how the trains work. Cause in the next scene, he tells them to think of themselves as engineers steering a locomotive of positivity that runs on team power. And Ron <laughs> points out that you don't steer a locomotive. The tracks do. And Chris is like, mm. uh, he's, he doesn't know how to handle that. Like my, my whole system's falling apart. Uh, and then Ron points out there's three ways to motivate people, money, fear, and hunger. And Chris's whole thing is, no, you, what about encouragement, appreciation, and smiles? Um, and, you know, so there's these two different motivation leadership techniques. One is positivity. One is uh, a, appealing to needs of survival. And, uh, and so April, as like, well, can you guys just tell me what I, what's better so we can leave and... Um, and Chris like, no, we have to go through this syllabus. And April says, you are not being inclusive, Chris. <laughs> I feel like my input isn't being appreciated. You've killed my spirit. My spirit blood is on your hands. <laughs> uh, which, so she's like flipping the whole script on Chris to say like everything you're talking about, about positivity and inclusion, like you're not taking my idea seriously and it's falling apart. Um, and so, uh, Chris, I love says, how right, smart April is. She's, she's so brilliant. great. She's brilliant. And so Ron or Chris then proposes a challenge between whose motivation methods are more effective. Um, and, uh, and Ron's like, all right, challenge accepted. And we get these two talking heads, which are so great. 
because Chris says, I'll do Chris, you do Ron. How's that sound? Okay. Okay. I don't want to seem overdramatic, but this is literally a battle for April's soul. I don't want to seem overdramatic, but I don't really care what happens here. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Just zero cares. I don't really care what happens here. <laughs> uh, yes, I love Ron so much. He's the best. Um, so then uh, they are going to experiment with Jerry. And so... <laughs> Perfect uh, subject. Yes, he is a lab rat through and through. And... Uh, Kathy and I just finished a run through of this episode of the series like yesterday. And so I am now in this weird brain space where I'm like, what are they calling him right now? As I'm taking notes, I'm, <laughs> it's like, no, it's still Jerry. Uh, so um, Chris tells Jerry he needs to stop doing whatever he's doing and file as many of these uh, red folders as you can. Uh, I think and you mean maroon. I think you mean the Duraflex cut top A350s in deep maroon. Yes, yes. Um and uh and and Jerry is honored to be able to use such great folders. Um <laughs> and and Chris like awesome. You're the perfect man for the job. You are smart and capable. I believe you can accomplish anything. And Jerry's like, "Oh wow, thank you so much." And so Chris leaves and uh Jerry's excited about uh doing all of this and you can see Ron and Chris watching Jerry through the window and Donna comes up and is like, you guys doing experiments on Jerry? <laughs> and Ron's like, yes, nope. cool. <laughs> so uh, this she, is not the, she has the her, first time. She has her entertainment popcorn ready. Like, yeah, yeah. let's see how this unfolds. Yeah, this is not the first time they have done uh, experiments on Jerry, which I love. Um, so then Ron comes a little later and is like, Jerry, stop filing those red folders at once. Begin filing these blue ones. And Jerry's like, oh, sorry, I, I promised Chris that. And Ron's like, this is the top priority. I need these blue folders done now. You And Ron, uh, Jerry's eating something. And Ron's like, you can eat when you've finished. Uh, and he takes it away from him. And, uh, and so he's using money, fear, and hunger to motivate Jerry. And so the experiment has begun. Um, and so when they get to the final tally, Donna's sitting down with, with Chris and Ron. And uh, we find that Jerry filed 268 red files, which what he put in these red files, I don't know. <laughs> like, what was, what was, why did he need that many of them? And, and for what? The parameters of this experiment are unclear. So, uh, just, yeah. So just file them. Put put them in the cabinet. I guess. So Jerry did 268. Great job, Jerry. And Chris is excited. And then Donna points out that he did 384 blue files. And Ron is like, yes, like his simple celebration. Um, and uh, and but Donna points out that Jerry. Uh, the reason Ron had so many more was because Jerry spent 20 minutes after talking with Chris, talking to Gail about how good he felt, uh, but how good Chris made him feel. And so he lost time <laughs> celebrating uh, with Gail. Um, and uh, and then Donna points out that he filed more blue files, but they were all filed wrong. <laughs> and uh, and so, because uh, Jerry was in a, a, a scattered mess in his mind after talking uh, to Ron. And so both... Uh, had their strengths and weaknesses. Now, again, how did he file these blue files wrong? I don't know. Like, if he's just putting them in the 
in the file folders in the drawers. Like, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know. Anyway, the, the experiment it needs more fine tuning. I think <laughs> we need a control group of people just doing the work without anybody talking to them. Um, yeah, maybe we'll, maybe we'll find out. Maybe we'll find out in like a, a comic book. Oh man, Jerry Files, the comic book. Um, who do I talk to about getting a Parks and Recreation comic book? Because oh I man, think- would 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 that be not full circle? That would be so meta. Like if Parks and Rec, because especially if this episode, and then with Patton's speech about the universe, and then that's part of the universe itself. Mm-hmm. Oh, my my head is starting to hurt. I think. I don't want another reboot of the television show because all these actors are getting old, right? They can't be this forever. But if Spider-Man has taught us anything, <laughs> a comic book can go forever. We could have anyway. All right. Maybe I'll, I'll reach out to somebody. So they then figure out uh, what they're going to, um, what they learned from the, uh, from their envelopes, like what their goals were. Uh, and so, uh, Chris, you know, it, it seems like Chris lost, Ron may have lost, who knows, but this is what the envelope said. Chris's was, uh, where to go? Uh, I hoped to engage Ron in the process is what he wrote down on the, the form. And Ron wrote down, I predicted that I would learn nothing from this process. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Uh, and then they're like, what, what did April write? And she, her her letter said, I will pit Ron and Chris against each other. They'll argue about dumb stuff that doesn't matter, and I will bail. Then I will steal $20 <laughs> from Chris's wallet and buy pizza with Andy. And then it cuts to the courtyard <laughs> where April is eating pizza with Andy. And then, uh, and then oh, and I'll also steal Ron's watch just for fun. And she holds up his watch. It's like the best heist of all time yeah. is happening. And it's not even a part of the show. It's so good. So good. And she's watching um, and she's watching them read the letters because she knows it's coming. Like this is her whole like, I'm proving that I'm so much smarter than you guys. Because yes. as Ron goes to check his wrist and looks over, she's looking right at him holding up his watch. Like I yeah. told you guys are ding dongs. Like, well, she she knew <laughs> when this was going, when the whole katumps was going to be over. So yeah, because it's a nine hour seminar over two days. So she had it blocked into her Outlook calendar. The, I'm in the seminar this time, and she's like, "I'm going to order a pizza to be delivered at this time, so that I can eat it with Andy in the courtyard while they're finishing up katumps." Brilliant, genius. Brilliant. So, yeah, so here we see their challenge of coming together and both being so right in their own mind about what's the best way to go and also finding that in their best way to go, there are plenty of errors along the way. Neither. Yeah, in other ways to be. (laughs) Go ahead. No, no, what are you saying? Neither what? Well, well, neither are perfect. Neither system's perfect. And not only that, but there's there's more than one system because April was super motivated to and, and she pulled off like the most ingenious thing because she was motivated not to do it. So yeah. she she was basically outrunned Ron's. I will do nothing. I'll work hard to do nothing. And yeah, that's yeah. great. And it's, April's the ultimate winner because she also now has a watch and, and pizza. pizza. Exactly. <laughs> so this is great. All right. Uh, so that's the first challenge. And we find that. Uh, she said, this is the best kind of challenge to 
uh, two men enter, one meet leave. Um, so winner April. She won very well. All right, let's talk about the uh, the Leslie plotline. And Patton Oswalt is in this episode, and he's great. Um, and we find people uh, out by the lake at Ramsett Park because in the town charter, it was decreed that should the taxation of tea rise to an unacceptable level, citizens shall dump Ted into Ramsett Lake because the par- the charter wrote in their fancy cursive letters T, but the the A looked like a D. So for however many years they've been doing this thing where they throw a Ted into the lake because that's what the founders wanted. And uh, the guy who plays Ted, Theodore, he's like, I don't even go by Ted. <laughs> I go by Theodore. And they throw him in the lake. It's a great tradition all the way from, I guess, from 1817 is when they started that. Um, yeah. So uh, how many people came out for this event? I find fascinating um, because it seems super boring um, and not that much fun. And it, this is assault. They're assaulting a Ted, which is not fair. So but they um, probably didn't pepper him with questions before. Just so, everyone, just so everyone knows I'm punching the air right now. Yeah, I'm you should pun- be I'm punching it. Good. And victory. I am that was my super ch- proud of you. My challenge was one. <laughs> um, yeah. So they come back to the office. So it, they throw Ted in the lake and then, then it's the credits and they come back and Ted is coming to see Leslie um, at uh, and her office. And uh, Andy's like, hey, Ted, good job today. Remember when you were like, oh, no, don't throw me in my cell phone. <laughs> and then you checked it and it was broken. That was hilarious. Um, and uh, and so then um <clears throat> excuse me the uh ted's like listen i'm done with this whole thing i i can't keep doing this i talked to the other ted's in town and they're not doing it either so he's built a coalition <laughs> of the ted's um and uh and leslie's like come on it's it's part, part of the town charter and uh we have an obligation to dump ted into the lake every year that's the way it's always been done and theodore is like well, that's not a good argument. And it was clearly a misprint. They meant tea. Um, and we need to be careful. Uh, Leslie says, we need to be careful about speculating what the founders meant. Uh, and uh, and so Ted then points out, like, well, all the laws in our book are books are crazy. And so he goes to Tom. He's like, can I see your keys for a second? And Tom gives him his keys and he gives him a quarter. He's like, I own your car now because the town charter says any white citizen has the right to seize any Indian property for 25 cents. And Tom is in, in of Indian descent, um, not American Indian, um, but still. Uh, and Leslie points out, well, that's a racist law. Clearly, they meant American Indian. is like, whoa, 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 Th- Theodore says. We should be careful when we speculate what the founders intended when they wrote the charter. Uh, so uh, Leslie's like, I know what you're doing and you're quoting back to me, but and she's getting more and more uh, elevated in her speech. Like I'm, I'm going to, she says, I'm going to quote back to you what you said that T- but Ted party will never change. And Theodore's like, Oh, well you just raised your voice to me, a landowning male. And he cracks an egg on her head and says, I can do this according to statute passed in 1868. Uh, and Leslie with egg coming down her face, literally she had egg 
on her face. <laughs> so I was not aware of that statute. <laughs> so, uh, so she goes to a the next town council meeting uh, and highlights that she was wrong and there's they should purge many of the outdated laws on their books um and highlighting that their the council will repeal 110 obsolete laws such as all menstruating women shall be confined to their bathtubs and article 2 aka ted party day uh and then they have to open up to public comments and this is where we meet garth blunden Hold on, hold on. I think we should take a break now and celebrate some of the other like real laws in America that are still on the books. What do you okay. think? Go for it. Okay. Yeah, in Maryland, it's illegal to swear while you're driving. Did okay. you know that? I, I think that's a yeah. great law. Yeah, in Connecticut, a pickle can't be sold unless it bounces from one foot height. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, you gotta you gotta have the bounce in the pickle. Like it's gotta be because it must mean it's crunchy. You don't want to sell bad pickles. Uh, yeah, in Indiana, well, black black cats are required to wear a bell around its neck on Friday the thirteenth. Yes, for it. Right, right. Um, in Alabama, you can't play dominoes on Sunday. Well, of course not. That's the Lord's Day. Right, Arizona, you need a permit to feed a pig garbage. Okay. Okay. Uh, in Arkansas, where do you get that permit? I, I don't know. Probably City Hall. I guess it would probably be animal control. Um, probably, probably if if it's uh, Harris and Brett running animal control, <laughs> there's probably another level of supervision because they're like, "No, nah, man, fill all the all the garbage to the pigs. We don't even need sanitation anymore." <laughs> so it's perfect. See synergy. Uh, in Arkansas, you can't have a pinball winning streak of more than 25 games. In Arkansas. In Arkansas, yeah. I'm surprised they have pinball. Um, Do they have running water there? California. Uh, I don't want to. I don't. I really don't want to like make our our Arkansas listeners angry Arkansas. by answering Arkansas. Uh, in California, there's a health code that comes from the county fair and frog jubilee um, that if a frog dies during a jumping contest, it can't be eaten, and you have to destroy it as quickly as possible. Do they get in a race to destroy it? Yeah, it's the rate. It's the second. Yeah, it's the losers bracket. So, okay, all right. Interesting. Um, and in Delaware, it's illegal to sell pet fur. <laughs> and pet. I think we should end on we should end on this one just because it kind of brings us back to Ted Day. Uh, in Florida, people who own bars, restaurants, or other places where liquor is sold may be fined up to a thousand dollars if they participate in or permit any contest of dwarf tossing. What? So I'm just, you know, it's not just Ted, dwarfs, Ted's, you know, watch out. We shouldn't be throwing people is basically what this whole episode and maybe even podcast is about. I'm glad we finally came to uh, the more, you know, moment. Da, 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 da. There you go. And Alf comes up. It's like, hey, <laughs> don't eat cats. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> So, uh, all right. All right. Well, thank you for that uh, that journey down obscure law lane, which is illegal to travel on the third Tuesday of every February. Um, and uh, so Garth Blunden comes up and he says, I object to this ridiculous proposal and the charter should not be changed. And Leslie's like, wow, you have a lot of passion and uh, your objection is noted. Shall we proceed to a vote? And he's like, no, 
Article 7, Section 3 allows for a citizen filibuster. And Leslie points out, that's the buffalo meat as acceptable currency uh, section. He's like, oh, is that the... He's got this big parchment, like, document. Uh, is that the buffalo meat one? Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, Article 3, Section 7. Let the filibuster begin! And uh, and so he shares some of his ideas for J.J. Abrams' seventh chapter in the Star Wars saga. Uh, and this, this is perhaps the most important piece of of nerd culture prophecy that has ever been uttered in all of time. Because the things that he talks about in this, this section, these are all things that could happen, you know, before, cause you know, they're making a new JJ Abrams thing. And while Boba Fett was not in uh, episode seven of star Wars, he does come back and exactly how, uh, he is told he it is foretold in this episode of Parks and Conversation, but then you can see the entire filibuster, which was completely ad libbed. You can find it on YouTube, but he starts talking about the integration between the the Marvel universe and the Star Wars universe, and also uh, he ends up with the uh, word. <laughs> Hannibal Lecter. That's what I was looking for. Right. Uh, Hannibal Lecter is brought <laughs> the, into the this red, whole thing. The Red Dragon universe. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so much wonderful stuff happening in this filibuster. I highly recommend you go and, <laughs> and look it up. It is totally worth your 12 minutes. Would um, you, but, what, what, what do you, what do you actually think about the whole, like, like, do you think they would ever honestly cross over those universe, you know, your univise? universes universities no like the start like the start yeah i don't think think so no would i be well it has probably happened but on robot chicken sure that doesn't count i'm i'm fine with that in a big wouldn't that be hilarious kind of moment but these stories are too serious to mess with garth blunden how (laughs) dare you try to bring these universes together um yeah, no, I don't. I don't think they ever would, but they could, and that's maybe one of the great, the great threats of our time. Yes, I know there are rumors and accusations being thrown around at different former presidents of our country about holding onto nuclear documents before uh, at their home house, where all kinds of people from other countries just kind of hang out. I understand that you like that seems like a threat, but no, the greatest threat sure. of our time is the idea that the Marvel universe and the Star Wars universe would actually become one. I'm not for it. And I am Jason Duman and I approve this message. <laughs> okay. I su- I'll, I'll vote for that. I, I like your platform. That is the whole platform. <laughs> That's it. That's what you're running on is to keep. Yeah. I vow. I vow to keep Star Wars and Marvel universes separate and segregated for my entire tenure. Mm-hmm. Now, uh-huh. it feels like you're trying to do some kind of accent there. Uh, it was the politician to, accent. Did, okay. It was almost like a Kennedy one, and then I kind of yeah. bailed on it because I don't really mm-hmm. know. I, I'm not like from the East. But I was doing the whole thing where I had my fist, but my thumb was on top, and I was like yes, of course. using it like a gavel, kind of like pointing. Right. Like I was like a weird stub thumb point. I'm pointing, but I'm not. And I'm trying to mm-hmm. – you know, I'm doing it right now as I'm talking. Yep. So there you go. Yeah. You need to say something like, ask not – what Disney Corporation can do for you, but ask how much money you can give to Disney Corporation, something like that. And my accent's terrible. Yeah, no, it's but, good. It's good. Yeah. Um, maybe you need to buy the Hulu bundle. 
Get your ESPN, your sports, your comics, your Disney movies. I, anyway, I'll stop. Um, yeah, I as Garth is sharing all of these things, what I love is Leslie's annoyed as it's happening, but Andy is leaning in. And Andy, oh, yeah. who is going to be and a she- part of the Mar- Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is awesome. Right. He's leaning in to learn. And Jam is leaning in. Like, yeah, Jam, yeah, good exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where's this going? I like this. Yeah. So uh, I, I, yeah, this is the greatest. Patton Oswalt is a genius. I, Because I, it was I all improvised. Funny. I mean, that's, yeah. did, you, did you say that? Yes. All improvised. Uh, it's so good. And while he's filibustering, people are leaving and, uh, Leslie comes and says, like, look, we have to get up with the times. And Garth's like, you can't just change the charter willy-nilly. Your jackbooted thugs, thugs are going to come and kick in my door and arresting my wife for no reason if I were married. <laughs> and uh, Leslie's like, by jackbooted stormtroopers, do you mean the Pawnee Police Department? And it's an old dude. He's like, hey, Leslie, good Danish today. <laughs> yeah, those are the thugs. <laughs> those guys. So, uh, so Garth's like, you don't have, you don't respect traditions of this town. And it's like, absolutely. I do. I, I used to give tours at the Pawnee historical house and I won employee of the fortnight three times. <laughs> so a fortnight is about two weeks FYI. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was for the listener. So instead of employee of the month, it's employee of the two weeks, it's um, a bi-monthly award. Yeah. And, uh, and so Garth's response is, you know, just because you put on a costume for a couple of hours, that doesn't matter. By that logic, every time I go to bed, I am Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> you bought <laughs> X-Men pajamas? <laughs> I won them, madam, in a raffle. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's they, unflappable. He's unflappable, no, he's, that Garth. <laughs> he is committed to to this. And so uh, they enter into a challenge of their own, a little wager to see who can live the longest in the ancient times. And uh, and so they enter into this deal. And so they have to go and live in the Pawnee historical house. And they cut to there and Andy hates it uh, right away. And Tom also hates it. And his thing is everything is old. Old things are dumb. It's like, just be new. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Leslie's like, I, you know, there's some charm. There's some cool things from back here. And Tom points out how she does have a dope bonnet as she's dressed in the uh, period garb. And then Garth shows up and they find out that he slept there last night because he wanted to get up early enough to get the chores done. Um, and so he's already done preserves, chased off any interloping cable installers. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and so, um, yeah, so they're like, all right, nothing, no modern devices. Everything just goes in this pail. So they put their phones in there. And then Andy and Tom are serving as referees, referees, referees. Um, And Tom is recognizing he's not volunteering. He's getting paid 100 bucks. And Andy just says, I had nothing better to do. I'm doing it for free. (laughs) Um, So they are entering into this whole thing, this contest. And Leslie's talking head is like, you look, I have extensive knowledge about prairie life. You know, rickets, they were, those were cured. They, we don't have to worry about those. Antiperspirant, well, not allowed. So it might get rough in there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So deodorant is an uh, important part of the modern world. Uh, then slide on down to um, the next section. And they, oh, I'm missing something. I messed up. I color-coded wrong. Uh, <laughs> listener, 
I'm sorry about that. They're, they're churning butter and, uh, Garth is really good at it. He's in the zone. Uh, and he's gets Leslie points out that he's getting that face that Ben gets when he plays risk and it cuts to Garth <laughs> and he's like super intense. Um, and, uh, and Andy tastes Garth's butter. He's like, this is so good. All my favorite foods have butter on them. Pancakes, toast, popcorn, grapes, <laughs> <laughs> grapes. Uh, and so Andy realizes that butter is his favorite food. And then let's like, well, there it's not go. that good. Look what I'm turning up. And she looks at it. It's like, oh, that's terrible. Don't eat that. Nobody eat that. Um, and she's realizing that she's maybe over her head because Garth cuts to the next scene. Garth has been out planting a field of barley. Um, and like, why is we? Why are we? here how long does he think we're going to stay here it's crazy um and uh and then as they're going to bed garth is like hey aren't we husband and wife in this scenario i mean shouldn't you and let just like no never um so morning comes and um they're sitting outside and leslie uh in her big hoop dress <laughs> she's like you guys feel that and she realizes that there's a chicken running between her legs, which is freaky. Uh, and uh, yeah, because it's a little dinosaur. Yeah, for real. Talk about ancient things. Um, and then they also say, "Man, Tom uh, Garth is in, in is a machine. He brought his own whale blubber to light the lamps." Uh, <laughs> and less like I thought he was going to last an hour, uh, but he's getting stronger the more we stay here. Uh, and he's running down. Garth is in the background playing with a hoop and stick. <laughs> Look at my hoop, Leslie. Look at my hoop. <laughs> Which is so my favorite part. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's very Yo, committed to this. hoop and stick. Um, and so Leslie's like, oh, look, it's fun to be here for a school trip or something, but uh, we need to figure out how we can bring this down. He must have cheated somehow. Um, and... <laughs> so they go and look at his phone so they're the cheaters i wonder i wonder if there's there were like people back in the day like like the old grouchy adults who saw kids playing with their hoop and stick and go now this is how this is our society is going downhill this is it yeah and and now we have tiktok in my day we just had the stick (laughs) right yeah look at my stick (laughs) what are you what are you playing with that stick 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 the whole game just stick <laughs> what i find fascinating about uh youth culture is and very youth culture very young is even if your kids don't know anything about guns if they've never seen a gun in their life every boy that i know at some point picked up a stick and pointed it like a gun <laughs> at their friends <laughs> i think sure. i think it's universal even if like, they, I don't know what it is. I think there's something here that we need to figure out. How can we make this a real thing? Uh, and that's how guns happened. So <laughs> it's that easy. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so they get Tom. They get Tom gets uh, Garth's phone, and they're looking at it, and they find out that his browser history is pretty empty, uh, and he doesn't have any new emails. The last one he got was in 12 days, and the only ones he gets are spam. And he responds to them. Uh, And so they're realizing (laughs) that he seems to not have any friends. Like this is his whole life. And Andy was like, I don't know. He seems to be friends with that mule. (laughs) So, um, because they're, they're kind and wonderful. So next scene, Leslie's changed out of her clothes and comes up and is like, Hey Garth, what you whittling? A birthing stick. (laughs) And uh, he's like, well, what's what's that? And like, you do not want to know. Um, and then he looks up and recognizes that she's changed her clothes and that 
she's it's a violation. She's bonnetless. Uh, and uh, I was like, yep. All right. I couldn't take it anymore. And he uh, yells out, huzzah, the day is mine. Um, and uh, he's going to miss saying huzzah. But Leslie then invites him to join the uh, historical commission. And Garth at first is like, no way. They haven't uh, responded to any of my complaints about their anachronistic use of fonts in their newsletter. (laughs) Uh, So, which I find, what I also find just really funny is like the newsletter is probably email. So, (laughs) right. Like it, that's would also be anachronistic. So let it go, Garth, let it go. Um, but Leslie's invitation is like, hey, we could really use you. There's a lot of time, like a lot of meetings, a ton of work with people who also love history, many social occasions that you're going to have to attend, like cocktail parties and such. Um, and uh, and Garth, Leslie knows this, Garth's schedule is wide open and he needs some friends. Uh, and so this is her appeal, like, hey, you're going to be around other people and that will be good for you. Um, and uh, and so then he's like, well, that would really bite into my soap making time. And my cousin's arraignment is in May. <laughs> it's just a day, though. I want to know what <laughs> what is he being arraigned for? Like, this is a court hearing. And why does Garth have to go to that? <laughs> There's so many little things, little details. Like, why? Why is that happening? Um, and so he and he's like, I could just fly out and come back same day. Like, it's not even in town. He's flying to an arraignment. Anyway, uh, so he agrees to join the commission. Um, and uh, and so uh, they dropped the protest and they did make a change to Article 2 that everybody could agree on. Um, and uh, instead of finding a TED, they are going to have a volunteer TED. Uh, and so this is the, the wording from this year. Hence a volunteer will represent Ted in our town's most historic and cherished tradition. And this year goes to Garth Blunden and he's up on people's shoulders saying, huzzah, I'm Ted, I'm Ted. And then Andy comes through naked and running and, uh, is like, we're all Ted. And he jumps <laughs> in the water. Uh, and this is where we learn Garth says, uh, oh, thank God. I don't know how to swim. <laughs> so that was a close one. All right. Yeah. This, this episode is just chock full. It's so much stuff. Listener, we've got one more storyline. And, uh, in this one, uh, we have Anne trying to bid on, uh, something and she's not, is not going well. And Donna comes out, what are you bidding on? I'm, it better not be Terrence Howard's tank top from hustle and flow because I'm about to it, spend an amount of money that my accountant calls dangerous and irresponsible. Uh, it's not. So, uh, so yeah. So uh, JJ, uh, JJ's diner put an old waffle iron up for auction and Anne is trying to get that, but she keeps losing it. And this is where we find out that Leslie has anniversaries for everything. Zoo day, double date day, Daniel day, Lewis day, and talk like a pirate day as well as talk like a Pittsburgh pirate day. And she has this calendar that she made for them. And that was a Why? president. <laughs> yeah, which, why, and how? Or no, use no, how? <laughs> use that's all I know about Pittsburgh, um, and uh, and so the very calendar that she's using is a present that she got for Calendar Day, which was the celebration of the first time they had a calendar together or something. Uh, and Les- Leslie's very thoughtful; she has all these presents, um, and uh, and is overwhelming. And 
and so she's like, I just keep getting cuts back to the courtyard. I keep getting outbid by someone called tall Tyrion Lannister. <laughs> and, uh, and Donna is like, what you mean? Tyrion Lannister, Lord of Casterly rock. And she's like, you don't watch ha- the game of Thrones. And Donna's like, no, do you? I was like, yeah, those Dothraki dudes can get it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, then Anne realizes, I think I know who I'm bidding against. So she cuts to the chase and goes to, uh, Ben's office and it's like stop bidding on my waffle iron. It's like you're Miss Future, you're Future Mrs. Tiger Woods. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it did not Which, age well. <laughs> no, I mean the thing about email when you're when email first came out, everybody had these ridiculous email addresses, right? Because it's like you don't want to use your real name. And so, do you remember your first email address that you set up for yourself? Yeah, it was six six J. Yeah, so that's not your name. Nope. Uh, no, I mean, it has information about you <laughs> loosely. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it used to be true. <laughs> <laughs> My first email address was Dumetheus at AOL.com. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. We, <laughs> we were in a uh, Greek mythology unit. In, yeah, you were. <laughs> in uh, eighth grade. In English class, did you hand out nerdery to the people? <laughs> like, did okay. you... well, no, no. I, uh, my, my friend Jordan was like, I was like, hey, I need to set up an email account. I don't know why I was talking to him about this, and he set up an email account. And Jordan was like, you need to be Dumetheus. I was like, I'll take it, and it was because you for... stole comic books from the gods and gave it to the common people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it was. Ex- I used that email address all throughout high school. And then uh, I went to college and got a real email address because, like, I need to be taken seriously. Oh, man. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but these usernames and all these things, like, there's so many just ridiculous ones that you hang on to forever because, like, I just don't want to change it. <laughs> and uh, future Mrs. Tiger Woods is one of those. <laughs> um, and uh, and so Leslie's like, I'm trying to, or answers, I'm trying to bid for, I win this for Leslie Day, and and Ben's like, well, I'm getting it for Waffle Day. And he's like, oh, you have breakfast day too? Mine's in June. Uh, and so we start <laughs> to see that these days are getting bigger and bigger than they uh, need to be, and they're both complaining about all of this. And and Ben's like, if, well, imagine being married to her. It's like being smothered with a hand quilted pillow, hand quilted pillow filled with cherished memories. And he's like, I can't believe I'm complaining about how thoughtful my wife is. Um, right. And again, like there, this documentary, and so he's like, "Sorry," he looks at the camera, like, "Sorry, honey." Um, and then and he looked, I like they, he just he kind of looks up to the ceiling and like around, like she could be around the corner. <laughs> yeah, she knows everything. Um, and uh, and so then they they've lost the auction, and somebody swooped in the last minute and bought it, and uh, and it's like, "All right, Tyrion Lannister, why don't you just cast a spell?" I get us the waffle iron back. <laughs> and that's like, okay, I don't have time to tell you how wrong you are. And he's like, it looks like he's going to go. He's like, actually, it's going to bug me if I don't. <laughs> and I was watching this with, with my daughter and my wife this morning. And they both looked at me and they said, Jason, that's you. <laughs> uh, and they were right. And so then he goes on to explain the Lannisters. Well, wealthy do not possess the magical abilities of say the warlocks of Karth, for example. <laughs> So, yeah, oh, I get it. I think Ben uh, is probably my favorite character in the show because, yeah, there's moments where it's like, wow, that's strong Jeremy energy right there. And then there's other moments with Ben where like, that's Jeff, David, definitely Jason energy. So, yeah. Uh, so they find out who is bidding on this thing, who won it. And Ben goes to the pawn shop, to Hermit. It's like, I was wondering if you could help me out. 
and Herman's first response is like, say no more gun. He <laughs> holds up a, a box of guns. <laughs> I just want one of those. I want one of those super cuts where Herman just pulls out boxes of things from under his cabinet. Yeah. Like, like here's this. the rings and nails. <laughs> here's yeah. the box of guns. Yeah. You know, oh, Herman, this is not good. Uh, and Ben's whole response is like, nope, different thing. <laughs> and so he's like, I'd like to buy the waffle iron. And, and Herman's like, uh, or Anne's like, hello, uh, Ben. Seems like you, I love Leslie more than you do. Get in line. And so then there's another person in line, the Roz, Leslie's mailwoman, who needs to get a present for mail day, which they all understand is the first time you delivered her mail. Yeah, we get it. Um, <laughs> and so Herman is like, looks like we got ourselves an old fashioned pawn shop waffle iron bidding war. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> old fashioned. So he starts the bidding at $650,000. Fair. And that's ben, fair. And Ben's like, uh, 100 bucks. Uh, <laughs> Anne's re- response is 200 bucks. Roz says, I'll let you take anything out of this bag. And, uh, <laughs> and, or Herman's like, how about, and I'll give it to you if you go on a date with me. And Anne's like, okay, yeah, I'll do this. But then Ben jumps in, 500 bucks. And Herman's like, sold. And so then like, you still want to go up? I just came into <laughs> some money. 500 bucks buys a lot of nitrous. <laughs> <laughs> I just came oh. into a lot of money. <laughs> oh, Herman. That was um, genius. Yeah. So then cuts to a- April or Anne's office as she's making something uh, for Leslie. Uh, and Ben's like, what is that? And it's like a doll with like a waffle face. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's not good. Uh, but it's a miniature breakfast out of Leslie. F- uh, min- miniature breakfast. Miniature Leslie out of breakfast food. Um, and so then I was like, I got an idea. How about we go in on this waffle iron together? And, uh, and he's like, we would be celebrating it, this is something that would get us out of breakfast day and waffle day and all the other days without making us seem like ungrateful people who are annoyed at how amazing Leslie is. Uh, <laughs> and so they come together. Their challenge here is, you know, trying to show their affection and appreciation for Leslie and their, uh, uh competition for the, this thing. But then they come to a compromise and come together. It's wonderful. Well, and Ben and gets then, 250 bucks back. That's yeah. that's right. That's He's smart winner, um, right? And then uh, and was like, well, what should I do with this thing I made? And he's just like, just burn it, bury the ashes, and pray it doesn't haunt you, which is the right <laughs> response. It's correct. So then it was terrifying. And and Ben come into Leslie's office, and they are both celebrating Happy Waffle Day and Happy Breakfast Day because it's the same day for them, but it's different holidays. Um, and uh, and like, oh wow, a joint present. This is the best one I've ever received. And uh, Ben says, Ann and I want to tell you that this is the last breakfast day and waffle day we'll be celebrating. And Leslie's like, oh, you're both dying? No. Uh, and they're like, we just can't keep up with all these things because you're so good at them. Uh, and Leslie's like, oh, come on. No, you're, you're okay. And he's like, no, that's right. I am much better. Uh, and, uh, and they have a compromise where they will have an Ann day and a Ben day where they can celebrate all of the things together. And Leslie's like, what about Ben month and Ann month? They're like, how about a week? And they're like, fine, we'll do a week. And then it cuts to a talking head of Ben and Anne. And just like, we went in there with a day, figuring she counter with a month. We were fine with a week. Uh, and so they won this com- uh, competition of uh, anniversaries. And uh, and so then Leslie proposes a third week, which would be friend week, commemorating all this week when they those two best her two best friends became each other's best friends. And she already had friend week presents for them, uh, already picked out. So Ben's like, how did you already have these? And then <laughs> thank you. And that's the credit scene. And that's the end of the episode. It's a doozy. Oh, so, many. so great. 
So many things in this thought, episode. I love how they thought they got Leslie. Like, yeah, we out we outsmarted her, but she was still ahead of them the entire time. And she was barely doing anything. Like, they were the ones working and fighting through this whole thing. And she was like, gotcha, at the end. Yeah, she was have probably these, just waiting. Have these for, presents. For an opportunity to give them presents, which would probably be, she would have called friend day, best friends day. But now she's got a whole week for it. So it's kind of like Leslie wins still. So many wins for Leslie. So, yeah, that's the that's the episode. That's the that's, those are the three plot lines. So many things. Consistent theme of challenge, coming together, compromise, unity, and pizza. All good things. Agreed. Any other thoughts, Jeremy? No, uh, just the last. I mean, I think this was way higher than seven point nine. I think yeah. I think this is like an eight five man. Eight six even. I I Oof. laughed out loud several times to this, and uh, I think this is a great episode. And I think I think the fact that especially with Patton's, you know, his filibuster, and even though you don't get to hear the whole thing, what they did leave in, and pretty much all of it nearly coming true to some degree, is just is fantastic. I mean, this makes it a cultural, you know, touchstone episode in my opinion. So yeah, mm-hmm. this. So let's celebrate it. Let's celebrate it for what it is. Article two. Um, yeah. What did you think? I mean, we know we, we already talked about it, but you know, we're done. I loved it. What else do you think? Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. I loved going on this journey with you, with our listeners. And maybe someday we'll get those comic books that we are in, <laughs> in the Marvel universe. <laughs> we'll read them and be like, I don't know if that's exactly how the founders intended it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so next week, um, season five, episode 20, Jerry's Retirement. Oh, man, Jerry. <sighs> we we barely knew him. Tom gets a rude awakening. It's great. What? Great, great, great. All right. Well, I'm excited. Listener, if you have any questions or comments, send us an email, parksandconversation at gmail.com, uh, which is a real email address. It's not like Demetrius at AOL.com. <laughs> Which was the deal I had before, um, but yeah, please, parks please, and conversation. Please, please send email to that too. Yeah, if there's somebody who is if that still exists somehow. I would love to know. Uh, I don't even know how I would have logged in to that email address. I haven't had AOL for a long time, so no, it still it still exists because my wife has her account. <laughs> I know. When she opens it, does it still say you've got mail? Actually, yeah. When she goes to the the homepage, if she does, yeah. it does. Yeah, hundred percent. Hey, Jason. Oh, yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.